This is Uniquely Milwaukee. It's everything you love about community stories, but more in depth. Giving the stories the time and attention they deserve. Changing perspective one episode at a time. I'm your host, Salam Fathayed, and this is Uniquely Milwaukee. Stories that stick with you. Welcome to our special coverage of the Milwaukee Film Festival. I'm thrilled to be joined once again by Hyphen's Kim Shine as we dive into all things movies. Last week, Kim and I gave a preview of our top 10 picks on Radio Milwaukee, but today we'll each be sharing our top five favorite films from the festival that left us wanting more. Together, we'll explore the unique stories that make these films stand out, from powerful dramas to thought-provoking documentaries and everything in between. We've got a diverse selection of films to discuss. So sit back, grab some popcorn, and join us for a deep dive into the best of the Milwaukee Film Festival, according to us. So Kim. Hi. We have two more days left for the Milwaukee Film Festival. This episode's airing on a Tuesday. Yes. So that means folks have two days to get in their movie oh my screening God, frantic opportunity. running around. Yeah. Run to your local movie theater. <laughs> but we've seen a lot of films and we have some of our previews at Radio Milwaukee, but we're not going to be talking about all of them. We're going to be talking about five movies mm-hmm. today and kind of focusing the theme a little bit about what we learned, what we loved. If we changed as individuals from this, I'm someone that leaves the movie theater and I feel like my entire personality has shifted. Yeah, it definitely depends on the movie that yeah. you choose and you will always feel like that for sure. <laughs> yeah. Good reaction, bad reaction. You're a changed woman. You're yeah, right. I yes. get that completely. Yes. I don't think I've actually seen a bad movie at the Milwaukee Film Festival. I actually have been telling people that the Milwaukee Film Fest really upped their game like they have provided quality and quality and quality and i really have always loved the wonky film festival same but for some reason this year it feels different it feels different the bar is higher and i have had an enjoyable experience so my lowest rating isn't low just want to put that out there Mm -hmm. but compared to the like top five i will say i'm going to start off low and then talk about my favorite film that's the way i'm going to work around it and i'll do the same but you know what before we even get into those I would like to just shout out Milwaukee Film, the whole like press team, yeah, all of everyone that was so great. for giving 88.9 Radio Milwaukee hyphen. I know we're media partners, but just giving the media unfettered access this they, year. They treated us like stars. We, thank we you love guys it so much. And we are totally appreciative. Yes, of this. thank you so much. This has really <laughs> elevated my movie experience. And yes. I felt kind of cool just having my little badge. Oh, my God. I did, too. <laughs> like, oh, oh, are you coming to see this film? I am. Yeah, here, go. here we go. Scan it already. <laughs> so thank you all so much yeah. for that. The way we're going to rate these movies is the exact same way that we're going to rate them if we were at the Milwaukee Film Festival. Before every screening, they give us this little slip of paper and it goes from one to five, five being excellent. It's basically five being excellent, one being poor. I think I'm I'm not sure exactly what the term is for one, but five to one and five being the best. And it's people's choice for the festival. And what they told us is that the rankings here actually help or maybe not help these films go on to different fests mm-hmm. too because if it's people's choice at Milwaukee Film that could be good yeah. for the next festival that they decide to um, go into. I think they're trying to gauge what Milwaukee likes and yeah, what Milwaukee too. doesn't like for and maybe sure. that helps with you know 2024. The first movie I'm going to talk about is Ajuma. <laughs> Oh, 
。那现在怎么样？我们下次再去赴约喽。Hello， 安迪，彭峰要开车，你们的去吧。Is about a middle-aged Korean drama-obsessed widow from Singapore, and she travels out of the country for the first time to Seoul, and she gets separated from her tour guide. So this is kind of an adventure comedic film. Now, I will say the film is exactly what it's advertised for. Like you know what you're getting into when you watch the trailer. It's the sort of like low-stakes, mid-tier drama and comedy. It's a bit comical. It's a bit silly. It's a very cute film, and the entire theater laughed when we needed to laugh. We felt the feels when we needed to feel the feels. I gave this rating a three out of five just because I've seen a lot of other films. Okay. One of my favorite parts about this is from the first leads, the first two leads, the Singaporean woman and the Korean man. Since she gets kind of lost and she doesn't speak any Korean. She kind of asks for help,、mm-hmm. and both of their dynamics with a incredible language barrier. They're trying to formulate a friendship with、gotcha. only a few words. So the way they interact with each other is really cute, and they're both middle aged. It was just, it was just honestly adorable moment and kind of funny because there was one moment when he was telling her like, okay. We can't go back to your hotel, but you should come like sleep over at my place.、Mm-hmm. And she thought he was asking her to sleep with him. You know, <laughs> even even when you both speak the same language, that kind of prompt、yeah. can be a little oh a for little sure shaky、like、sometimes. Going over a stranger's house. <laughs> like, what are、yeah. you talking about here?、Hmm? Yeah, I, I, misunderstandings could happen with the same language. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But I, I thought it was a it was an okay film. If you're someone that you know wants. A feel-good movie, and you want it in the background. You don't really want to invest in the storyline. Definitely put this one on. All right, so my fifth movie, since we're going, you know, bottom up here,、uh, my fifth movie was Madonna, Truth or Dare. Ooh. Yes. People think that being a star is about being fabulous, being in the spotlight, having your picture taken all the time, and having everyone worship and adore you, being rich, rich, rich. Having it all, and you know what? They're absolutely right. I'm so desperate. For what, honey? For some fun. It was chronicling her blonde ambition tour. So it basically was just like behind the scenes. You got to see the dancers and the background、mm-hmm. singers. You got to see her family, her friends. I mean, if you if you were a Madonna fan back then, she was dating Warren Beatty back then, and I had to do some googling research. Yeah, on that, were you? I was like, how old is he and how old was she? So, <laughs> were you a Madonna fan before watching this? I was,、okay. which is why I wanted to see this because I was a kid back then. And I never got a chance to see it as a kid. Okay. So the fact that it was here at the festival this year, I fangirled out. <laughs> Now I'm not gonna say Madonna's on her own thing these days, and I, yeah, just whatever these days. But back then, definitely a super fan, just of everything. And I really got to appreciate her voice. Oh yeah. Yeah, because she she sang live. On 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 the tour and in the clips that they had shown, but it also was a nice glimpse into like LGBT lifestyles as well. Because some,、uh, I think five out of six of her male background dancers, I think they were、um, gay, and so they went to、uh, like a pride event.、Mm-hmm. But then also, you just got to kind of see their dynamic,、um, how just how they how they were and how free they were.、Yeah. And you know, Madonna, just in general, her whole thing has been. Express yourself,、mm-hmm. you know, pun in, pun intended. Express、Vogue. yourself, be yourself, and just live your life.、Yeah. And you really, really got to see that through the perspective of all the people who were in、uh, this movie. 
So speaking about documentaries, my next one is also a documentary. I watched Finding Satoshi. This is the story of the 14-year hunt for one Japanese man named Satoshi. It's a really fun puzzle that everyone can understand immediately. It's just find this person. Thousands of people all over the world were looking for him. He was not in hiding, yet he was nowhere to be found. What started as an ambitious internet puzzle grew into a global obsession. Okay. I talked a little bit about it in our little chat. Um, do you know anything about Satoshi? No, remind okay, me of what cool. we discussed. This I have is a bad so. Th- I'm actually really excited to talk <laughs> about this. So, in 2006, there was a game uh, called Perplexity by this like British design team, and it was basically like Pokemon cards, but for people that really liked puzzle solving and people that liked Nancy Drew. Oh, and like one of the cards like that. that you would get, and by the way, this was like like right at the start of the internet, so like communities and t- Twitter and just like all these other things that we're so accustomed to weren't really big. So on one of these cards, it was people were sent to find a nameless man, and that was Satoshi. So all you okay. had on this card was a, the selfie of a man named Satoshi, and on a, like a teeny tiny bit of Japanese text that says "Find me." And it's also pre before you would like scan a picture over in your phone, and it would just translate to you. So you would have to know Japanese or know someone that knows Japanese in order to translate this little card all right come on google yeah, translate right? now, no, now <laughs> this probably would be easy but let's go back to 2006 and how difficult this was and the only hint that was given on this card is that my name is satoshi it's a documentary about a slice of internet history that easily could have been erased about finding a man named satoshi and it took 14 years to find yeah, this I'm, man i'm already okay i'm already tired tell me who this guy is. <laughs> 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 Who is this guy? He's just <laughs> sorry. We're gonna enter spoiler territory right now. It was just a normal man. It was just a normal man that offered his photos to his American friend that mm-hmm. would became a game. And the idea was that you would like it, it became honestly kind of like the first internet meme where people would just like be like it would just be his pictures all over the place. Okay, it was very fascinating. Willem Dafoe narrated this thing, and it was just it was interesting to see how gaming culture was how people invested 14 plus years into finding this like nameless person. And Satoshi is a very common Japanese name. Really? So it's like when you looked it up, you're going to find hundreds and hundreds of people. It was a enticing, fantastic, mystery solving documentary. And if you're someone that wants to learn about a weird internet like culture and history that you don't know about, um, definitely check this out. And at the end, they said they left us clues to find another mystery throughout Ooh. the documentary. So I have to rewatch it. And we have actually virtual passes. So I'm definitely going to so watch it again this? and kind of see if I can like solve another mystery there. Because like it really... This. Did you like mysteries as a kid? I think I always wanted to be like a, like a mystery solver or like kind of into like investigative journalism. Yeah. But I like... I'm not very good at them. And I realized that when we did escape rooms, I'm not very good at mystery solving. You know, I feel like escape rooms are harder than they need to be. Oh, for I'm sure. Just, so I don't know if I would make that the barometer. Okay, cool, 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 cool. <laughs> so we'll see. But it really, it did leave me wanting to be a part of something like that. I was like, oh man, I really would like to be, like it would have been cool to be a part of this whole community trying to find this man. So I'm going to have to rewatch it and see if I can solve the final mystery. Because they, they leave a question they say, don't look it up. So I'm going to rewatch it and see if we can find it. But yeah, I recommend that one. That was such a fun time. I loved it. Yeah. 
might have to see that one. I like that one. Yeah. Sounds cool, good. Cool. Nice pitch there. <laughs> Thank even you. Even with the spoilers, <laughs> it doesn't even matter. That reminds me of that game like back in the day. But maybe, was it even like a decade ago? I don't even know. But it was like Pokemon Go. Pokemon Go. I Pikachu. remember that. Folks, had to, <laughs> folks were everywhere like no it wasn't even 10 years ago it was like maybe it, like two three years ago five years ago i feel like it ago. was like 2016 2015 <laughs> and people were all in you know the parks and stuff trying yeah. to find these pokemon behind trees and you know <laughs> we love it <laughs> well my fourth movie talked about this also in our preview mom and dad's nipple factory oh my god yes yes I remember him approaching me and saying, I have some questions for you, but it's not related to my teeth. And it's like, okay. I never thought he would use this for that. It's not known throughout the church at all. <laughs> they, they wouldn't believe you. We don't bring it up. Right. So that was my mom and dad. Before I tell you about my parents' secret room full of nipples, let me tell you a little bit more about them. This was a film shot in, I believe, Eau Claire, Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. And it's a, a pretty, you know, religious, conservative family. Mom, dad, and I believe five siblings. The oldest brother, he created this documentary after his mom got cancer. And his dad, who his dad is the sweetest guy ever, mom too, but super shy, but also super handy. And so mom lost her uh, her nipple getting a mastectomy. Mm. And when she had reconstructive surgery, he said, what can I do to help you feel more of yourself? Yeah. And so he figured out, he, well, I, won't, I won't spoil the whole thing, but like he talked to someone who you would not have thought he would talk to to get an idea of how to create a mold for a nipple. Mm -hmm. Ended up doing that. And from their little Wisconsin town, they are helping families and helping women and potentially men all across the country, maybe even the world, but at least ac across the country who have been afflicted by cancer and just want to feel whole. Yeah, I love that. I yes. can't imagine like how many people they've helped with that and made it just a bit more easily to digest. Yeah. yeah, like you look in the mirror and you see yourself one way, something happens and then they step in and then you feel more like yourself. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like it's very a very serious movie, but honestly... It is not. <laughs> they the 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 son, he really leans into like the uncomfortable times where the, the dad has to talk about it. And then the mom, like she's a she's I guess you, you would say like, you know, they're both religious, but she was more of a hippie and he was more of a, you know, like a computer, computer yeah, geek, right? Computer yeah. nerd. And it's just such an odd pairing. How they grew up as as kids, it it's just a super fun, amazing film. And it came right here out of Wisconsin. I love that. I also really love the dynamic of a son doing a film about his family. Because mm -hmm. that really shows that any of us can do that. Exactly. And every story is a valid story. And it could be the opening night of the Milwaukee Film Festival. That's so true. <laughs> so my next ratings are all going to be five out of fives. Like I said, I a lot of the movies that I've seen were just absolutely spectacular. And I think a four out of five and a three out of five is like still great. So luckily, no very bad movies. Yes. But these three films are going to be talking about next are absolutely spectacular. That's if great. I, Come to my world. Yeah. If Top I was five. like, of course, we love that. <laughs> these last three films are if you want to pick up any movie and you're just like, I want a Salam Fatayad recommendation, watch these three films. And they're kind of honestly a bit similar, but very different. All right. So the first one we're going to be talking about is Blue Jean. 
two teams. Jimmy, can you get over here? Mike, over there. So, what do you do, Jean? I'm a teacher. Fantastic. What do you teach? P. Lois, come on in. You got a man on the scene at the moment, then? No, I haven't, no. You do realise that the Philobotellies were this year to distract us from what's really going on. Not everything is political. Of course it is. Here at home, there's been another big demonstration against Clause 28, which seeks to stop councils from promoting homosexuality. I've been saying this is a good idea for years. This actually wasn't part of my top 10 list, but on a weekend, I was kind of like, I'm kind of bored. I don't know what to do. A little idea popped in my head. I was like, it's the Milwaukee Film Festival. (laughs) I looked at what's happening and then literally in like 30 minutes, Blue Jean was playing and I was like, I can go. Let's go watch this movie. And I was not let down. It was absolutely beautiful. It's a movie in England in the late 80s about a gym teacher named Jean, and she's a high school gym teacher who has to hide her identity because of Section 28. If you're unfamiliar about Section 28, Section 28 was a British clause that would prohibit any promotion of homosexuality. So it led Jean to live a double life. So that's already a, a conflict. What year was this? This was in the late 80s. Late 80s. Okay. Yeah. To up the stakes a bit, there's one of her students is also queer and she sees her at like this gay bar. And now she has to do the things that she doesn't think are appropriate, but just to save face. I mean, this this movie is incredibly sad, I will say, but it is beautifully executed and it tackles the subject matter with care. And it actually like it it refuses to cheapen itself by providing this ultra happy ending. And I think it shows the reality of how people had to live in, back in the 80s and probably now when they had to hide things from themselves to keep themselves safe. Yeah, depending on where they live. Yeah, for sure. But it just shows that... There's no easy life under oppression, and this film doesn't pretend otherwise. Not only was it such an enriched topic, it was beautifully shot. Like, every single shot could have been a photograph. And I love when something is visually pleasing, but also leaves you wanting to know a bit more. I just read the blurb about it, and I'm sad that it's not going to be playing anymore, but I guess I'll have to look it up and try and find it, because it does look good. I'm hoping it will probably go on a streaming service, because... It was a BAFTA-nominated drama. Mm-hmm. So I'm really hoping a lot of eyes are were on this. That way more people can see it. But yeah, unfortunately, this you, if you haven't seen it, you missed it with the Milwaukee Film Festival. But who knows? Maybe if more people want to see this, the Milwaukee Film can bring it back. Yeah, and uh, it's good that you mentioned that because a couple of the films that I'm going to be talking about, they're either, you know, pr- premiering here or they're being shown in Milwaukee. But... They're going to be in theaters this yeah. summer or later this year. So there are plans for some of these movies to actually be on streaming or be in theaters. That's one of my favorite things about the Milwaukee Film Festival is, A, you either see a film, like a foreign film that you've never seen before that you might not have an option to ever see again. Or you get kind of a preview in your head of the game of everyone else. Yeah. And you kind of have like the first dibs on the first reviews and such. So you feel really special when you're <laughs> part of this program. You really do. My next film, man, this one, I I feel like only certain people will really, really appreciate this. And that is if you owned a Blackberry. Yeah, what can I do for you? Okay, picture a cell phone and an email machine all in one thing. There is a free wireless internet signal all across North America and nobody has figured out how to use it. 
It's like the Force. Sorry, have you seen Star Wars? No. <laughs> Back in the day, I... Where are you going with oh this? Oh my gosh. <laughs> the movie itself, yes, it was called Blackberry. And it was actually a super secret member screening. Okay. So not everybody got to see that. And I am officially... Shout out Kim for being a member. Yes, I am officially a member of Milwaukee Film. So I was so happy to, to see this because back when Blackberry was the thing... I loved BlackBerry. I loved the keyboards. I had every version of the phone damn near, except for I think the last one, which is when when Apple, when iPhones came out mm-hmm. and they tried to do the touchscreen and all that other stuff. And then they switched distributors. And yep, you know, that was pretty much the end. Now, that wasn't the only reason that BlackBerry kind of tanked, but you'll have to catch the movie to see that. I always wondered how BlackBerry started. Yeah. Um, how it grew and then what ultimately led to its demise, because it was um, an amazing product. And and mm-hmm. I'll I'll quote, you know, the, the creators having a keyboard, like an actual keyboard that you can touch. There is a difference. I don't I don't care. You can fight me if you want to. guys. Oh, yeah. Yes. Then like having a touch a screen. Yes. Yeah. I get what it you is mean. so different. And I would go back to it any day. Yeah. <laughs> I'm also now thinking about why iPhone and Samsung are the two main contributors of phones. And yeah. we don't really hear anything else. But I never was a Blackberry kid. Mm, I was first Nokia. You missed a great time. I did. I did. <laughs> if you're a Blackberry girly, you're a bad bitch. <laughs> That's literally how it was always like uh, depicted as like the Blackberry people always like were cool. And, and they touch <laughs> on that in the to movie. Do, did they? Yes, they touch on that in the movie like this. If you have a Blackberry, you are it. Yeah. And I felt like it too. And I, man. You, you're you someone important. You have important calls to make. Yes. You have somewhere to be. You need your espresso coffee. <laughs> Time and, is money, baby. Get ready for the highlight of our show. Coming up right after the break, Kim and I will reveal our top two films from the entire film festival that we believe everyone should watch. We'll start with a film that left me speechless. So don't touch that dial. Support for 88.9 comes from your membership and the Greater Milwaukee Foundation. Through the Greater Together campaign, the foundation and community work together to build a thriving Milwaukee for all. Partnership ideas at greatermilwaukeefoundation.org. Things are getting a bit contentious for me, competing for my number one spot. When I thought about this, by the way, again, these last three films, Blue Jean, these upcoming two, five out of fives. Mm -hmm. So, but in my own personal ranking, I was like, which one is going to get the number one spot? I I had to do that too. I I had to drop one down to number two. Oh man, but I don't want to. Maybe it could be one A, one B. Yeah, I love that. (laughs) So for one B then, (laughs) um, is the blue kaftan I loved, loved, loved this movie. I really wanted to watch it because I'm a, I'm a big follower of the lead actor, Saleh Bakri. He's a Palestinian actor. I've been watching his work forever. But I will say, Mina, the actress Lubna, she 
she took over every scene. Like, props to her. She was amazing. So it's set in Morocco, and Harim is married to Mina for a very long time, and they run a traditional kaftan store in the Medina of Morocco. And they make beautiful clothes, and he handmades everything. And everyone around him is like, you should um, you should use like a, a, a machine. And he's like, no, I can't use a machine. Like this is my craft and such. He lives with a secret that he is gay and his wife is also sick. So they bring on an extra help. They bring on Yusuf, a young man. And this interaction with this young man unites their love, but also helps him face his fears. The way that I would describe this film is it's a master of intimacy And it's embroidered with soft glances and sensitive yearning. And that's a pun right there if you know anything about stitching. (laughs) But you know, these descriptions that you're giving. Thank you. I appreciate that. You know, (laughs) but a lot of the times with movies that I've seen about gay men or men that are in marriages and they are hiding the secret the women are not that are not part of the narrative but this movie focuses Mina's perspective mm. it just also shows that Halim's love for Mina is just as important as his homosexuality and it doesn't it doesn't diminish his marriage it also doesn't diminish his feelings and it was just so tender it was so beautiful it, like it had me like sobbing for I think 40 minutes straight the last 40 minutes were just a kicker after a kicker after a kicker they had me down we really should have I know next time it was so pure and so beautiful and just so tender and I I like it was one of the best one of the best moves I've ever seen in 2023 so I'm really honored that the Milwaukee Film Festival brought it What's your number two spot, Kim? So my number two spot, and I really, man, I really, it it really took me a lot to take this out of the number one spot, but I will explain why I did that when I talk about my number one. So we both struggled. Yes, we both struggled. My number two, and like I said, all of these movies were a top five for me, were like a five for me. My number two was The Angry Black Girl and Her Mm. Monster. Death is a disease. It infected my brother, Chris. My hypothesis, there's a cure. Your daughter has a very disturbing obsession. What obsession? Death. This movie, it's fiction based. And it was just amazing. Oh, my gosh. So it's about this girl. She is a brilliant teenager exactly i mean a brilliant teenager um love science all that kind of stuff and her brother ends up dying he ends up getting killed mm. she is on a mission to bring her brother back to life and this is not a spoiler this is i mean this is definitely not a spoiler she ends up succeeding and from there that's when like everything kind of turns mm-hmm. and it's such a great film because one it centers a black cast and it centers a black girl who is in high school and who loves science and who is just determined to make her family whole. Yeah. You know, because you have loss. And if you are a person who has experienced any type of familial or friendship type of loss where someone has passed on, you know that that hole can be really deep. So with the characters, you get behind the eyes of the characters in all of this film. And what's great about this, Bomani J. Story, he is the director of this film. And it's not just, you know, fun fiction. Mm -hmm. You know, he, he pulls in 
different characteristics about living in certain types of black communities. And so you have her dealing with with thugs Mm -hmm. and how her neighborhood isn't really safe, but she's the smart one in the neighborhood. And, you know, things change and like what she has to do to survive as well as, you know, help her family. And then the struggles that her dad has after the death of his son. So it's it's deep. But I'm going to tell you guys, if you liked black horror from the 90s. So what we're talking about tales from the hood kind of thing. It's tales from the hood mixed with Frankenstein mixed with like pet cemetery maybe like mixed with all that yeah. stuff and it, it's it's fun too so it, it's good for teens and actually this was one of the teen movies okay so they chose this <laughs> and i was in the theater looking like y'all cho- <laughs> what hey <laughs> like, they're they're <laughs> descending boundaries i love it yeah. but um i did see the trailer for that one and i did think it was like modern day frankenstein it yes i actually was gonna see this movie after blue jean because it was playing right after that yeah uh, the avalon yeah and then I had a, an hour and a half gap, and I was oh, like, I, I was like, maybe I should wait in the car. And then it felt like kind of a weirdo. And then I had to use the bathroom. And then like my, <laughs> I was just like, oh, I'm just gonna go home. Well, and then I just never went back. <laughs> I'll tell you, there is good news because this is one of the films that will be in theaters. Okay, so it's gonna be in theaters um in June. And Bomani, they had a talk back for this film, and so he came. He was here at the Oriental, mm-hmm. and yeah, we got to ask him questions about it. And his movie knowledge is so extensive, mm. and so he hold all of that i love that um and yeah i love when someone can speak about his craft Mm -hmm. and like have context for it Mm -hmm. and isn't just doing good things because it looks good or feels good and there's like a reason behind it so that's really special i'll have to catch it in theaters thank you for the recommendation Okay, we're we're down to the last final pick, our dun, number dun, dun. one spot. I feel like we should yeah. have a drum roll. Yeah, we definitely here. should. <laughs> so, the Blue Cup then was gonna be number one, and then I saw this movie, and I was like <laughs> devastated because I was like, oh no, it was a good devastation of seeing really great movies. But I talked a little bit about this in the preview. This is Rice Boy Sleeps. Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan, I'm not. 
the movie is about the mother and son and they showed both their dynamic. She was working in a factory. The son is the only Asian kid and it's like a, a Canadian Caribbean school. He gets picked on. He's called Rice Boy because he uh, eats a lot of rice. There we go. Um, and you see him throwing the food away in, in the bathroom, sushi and such. And he's like, tells his mom, can I have what the other kids make and such? So it's like those things kind of break you. And then it jumps to them, him being in high school and her being a bit older. And it shows how their relationship kind of changed. The kid is a bit assimilating a bit more. The mom is like kind of struggling that tie with him. You think the film is going to end in a certain way and it keeps going. And it just shows so many different strings that interwine us as immigrants and it was just such a beautiful thing and i definitely want to watch it again yeah i'm a little upset Wednesday. that i didn't get to see that one um, you still can but i still can <laughs> so my number one pick and this oh my goodness okay the only reason that this is number one is because it is true life uh, and it's a documentary. <laughs> and I, I wanted to keep Angry Black Girl number one, but it's fiction and it's beautifully done. But real life is always better to me. Sorry, Omani. <laughs> sorry, I really didn't mean that, but I meant it. I'm so sorry. Uh, but this movie was called 26.2 mm. to Life. 2053 is my EPRD, earliest possible release date. I'll be 86 years old. If I keep running, I'll be all right. <laughs> You gotta stay positive. As soon as I got out the hole, I ran straight down to the lower yard looking for whoever's on the thousand miles club. I said, can I get in? Because I want to run, I want to run, I want to run. I got love for my brother, but we can never go nowhere unless we share with each other. This one wasn't actually on my list. I was online or something, and I saw that they were gonna have a talk back and all this stuff and read the description. It is about these incarcerated men at San Quentin Prison in California, right? And they are members of this club called the 1000 Mile Club. And Is this a marathon one? It is, yes. <laughs> it is a running club that was started outside of the prison because the, the organizers, they run them, themselves. And so head organizer, he wanted to do something for these men. And so goes into the prison, creates this club, finds that there is genuine interest mm -hmm. and they train all year for this 26.2 mile run around the San Quentin like the yard, yeah. basically. I think in the film, it said that they had to do more than like 100 laps around oh, the wow. yard. And the yard is basically where they work out, where they just, yeah. you know, can hang when they get their time to go outside. So they have to do more than 100 laps around this thing. And they do 26.2 uh, miles. And what was so amazing about this is... One, you get to know the lives of a, f a few of these men who they who they target and you get to hear their backgrounds, how they got here, how this group has changed them, how they've changed their lives mm -hmm. over the time. And also the film shows you how if you have a common interest, even if you are from separate groups, there are things that can bring you together. Mm -hmm. And so you can realize, hey, you know, I'm black and you're Asian or you're white doesn't matter because this can unite you so yeah it, it was it was yeah i loved it that's so great you know the, what's really funny is that i actually saw the trailer for that one and mm. i said you know not for me mm -hmm. but it, it just shows that sometimes trailers don't give the best showing of what the movie's about because the way you said it kind of sold me Man. so it's interesting and that's funny I because that. i saw the trailer and i was intrigued <laughs> you know they they highlight three perspectives and one of the guys was actually 
on track to be a runner, like a track mm. star in college. And then life, his yeah. life got derailed. I won't spoil it, but his life got derailed. And he found, you know, a new renewed purpose. I love that. You know, I noticed something. Three of your films have been documentaries. Mm, yeah. I sense a theme. <laughs> Is this the type of, do you like documentary storytelling? I love it. It's, yeah, I, I love documentary storytelling because it's just life, you know? And with my background, just being in journalism, just in general, you realize that we're all very similar. Mm -hmm. You know, we all have different ways or different paths that we want to get to a goal, but we all want love, safety, security, money. You know yeah. what I'm saying? We all want a lot of the same things. And so documentaries can kind of pull you to that point yeah. where you can see that. And mm -hmm. so I love them. Yeah, I love that for you. I do too. But I, I noticed that I only saw one documentary on my list. Oh, uh, yeah. A but a lot of yours dealt with like internal perspectives yeah. and conflict. Mm -hmm. And also, you know, they were some of them were from the immigrant perspective. Yeah. I noticed that too. The best movies I think for me are the ones that are going to tear me apart. Right. <laughs> you, know <what> I mean? <laughs> you want to be tortured. I, I, I want to be tortured a bit. And I want to <laughs> feel like like I've been ripped apart and like yeah. be, and then turned into something new. Yeah. And I think it's because I've I've always been a movie person. Mm -hmm. I loved movies growing up. Same. I, Shout out to my dad. Oh, it's so cute. <laughs> I was kind of a lonely kid. So I just I movies were a reflection of what life was. So mm -hmm. ev every chance I can get, I really want to learn a bit about the human condition and how we can be better and more empathetic and such. And I think these films have really helped me with that. Yeah. It's a beautiful way of just learning a bit more about life, whether it is documentaries, whether, mm -hmm. whether it's a fictional feature film. It's it's a way to unite us. And that's why I love it. It's so special. Yeah. I also thought that I'm a big pop culture mm. nerd, too. Yeah, you are. <laughs> so dogs, pop culture, just <laughs> horror, all that. Everything. You know? <laughs> Blackberries, whatever you can find. I love it. You just want to stay informed, which right, I really think is right. cool. Right, right. And you... I want to escape a bit. Yes. You <laughs> and, want and I want to be in the heart. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, put me in the middle of it. I want the real. So, yeah. I'm just like, I want to fade into this world. <laughs> and one of my favorite things I do, and it could be a bit creepy. So if you're in the movie theater with me, I'm sorry. Uh-oh. But I like looking at the audience and seeing their oh, reaction. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for tuning in to hear Kim and I discuss and share our experiences at the Milwaukee Film Festival of 2023. As a friendly reminder, if you're listening to this on Tuesday, you still have two more days to catch some amazing films on the big screen. While none of Kim's top picks are currently showing, my personal favorite, Rice Boy Sleeps, will be playing at the Oriental Theater at 1 p.m. on May 3rd. And if you're looking for a heartwarming watch, Ajuma will be playing at the Oriental at 6.30 on May 4th. Of course, there are many other fantastic films playing at the festival beyond our personal recommendations. Head over to mkefilm.org for more information and to book your tickets before it's too late. We'd like to give a huge shout out to the entire festival team for putting together such a spectacular event. From the selections of films to the venues, everything was top notch. And we can't wait to see what they have in store for us next year. This is your host, Salam Fathayed. Thank you to Nate Imig, our executive producer, Kiri Salinas, our audio production manager, Brett Krasgowski is our web editor, 
Thank you to our marketing team led by Sarah Lar. Graphics and our wonderful logo is made by Aaron Bagata. Our community engagement coordinator is Mallory Wallace and Dan Reiner handles our social media accounts. And a big, big thank you to our city loving members for making Uniquely Milwaukee possible. If you haven't already, subscribe to our podcast and tune in next week for the next episode of Uniquely Milwaukee.